Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In the Bible, listening to God assumes it's natural that obeying God will fit with it. They're directly connected. You can't listen to God and not obey God and get anywhere. You can't say, well, I'm going to obey God. I don't know what he says, but I'll just do what I think he says. If you don't listen to God, you'll never get anywhere. It takes listening and it takes obeying. How many of us have children? How many of those children always do what we tell them to do? Almost none, right? We tell them what we want done, but somehow the hearing doesn't always translate into doing. Pastor Mark will be teaching that we as God's children often have the same problem that our children do in obeying our directives. God has given us some instructions that he expects us to carry out. First, we have to know what God's commands are. He's given us his words in the Bible. We have to become informed, then become willing to obey what he tells us to do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 3 with part 2 of his message. Because God says so, I will obey regardless of my feelings. How do we counsel? Through the Word of God. Now, we will never tell you what to do, and this is black and white. Other than that, if it's the college, I can't tell you what college to go to, but God knows. He already knows. Exactly. When you see people speaking to other people, remember David, a man after God's own heart, and he committed adultery with Bathsheba and then killed her husband. And for one year, God came to David. You need to repent. You need to ask forgiveness. He refused for a man after the heart of one year. And he was miserable. So one day, God sent Nathan, a prophet, to him. And he said to David, listen to me. God sent me. And he told him the whole story, kind of a neat analogy. And at the end of it, David went, I'm sorry. I repent. It's me. He was devastated. He couldn't believe why he didn't do it. But God sent that person to convict David. Number four, God speaks through not just the Bible, not just through the Spirit, not through other people, but number four, through circumstances. Now, a few years ago, I would have never given you some of these circumstances. Let me show you how God can speak to you. God can speak through a failure, a success. God can speak to us through a sickness. When I was sick last year for about six or seven months, I didn't really realize that. But while I was sick, I wasn't in sin. God just allowed it to teach me compassion, all kinds of things. But he spoke to me 
See, that circumstance, God spoke to me. He can speak to us through disappointments, but you have to be alert because just depending on circumstances is very dangerous. See, we see an open door. I want to go through that open door. Thank you, God, for the open door. That may be Satan opening the door, not God. So see, it needs more than that. It usually needs two or three of these coming together. Now, there's number five. This is another one where you have to understand this. Number five, God speaks to us through inner peace. Colossians 3 says this. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule as an umpire continually in your hearts, your spirit, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind. The peace of God is one of the key indicators of God's guidance. It is, can I say this? This is what the Bible says. It's our umpire. It rules our heart telling us you're hearing the voice of God. Paul tells us that there'll be an inner peace as we seek God's will There will be an inner peace that will come and give us direction. But watch me. That inner peace does not mean it's going to be roses for you. One time, a prophet spoke to the Apostle Paul. And he said, don't go to Jerusalem because it's going to be bad for you there. But God had already told Paul to go to Jerusalem. He knew He was going to be beaten. There was going to be all kinds of problems. So a peace has to outdo what the danger is. If I have a peace to do this, it's okay. But don't expect everything is going to be roses. No, it's a peace in spite of the circumstances. That's the way God rules. Remember, Jesus on the night before he was betrayed. And before he went to the cross, he prayed three times for God to what? Remove the cross. But finally, what did he have in his heart? A peace. I'm going to the cross. To those circumstances? Regardless of the circumstances. So when you see all of these working together, this is God. Listen to this verse, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him, God, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. And when you read through circumstances, Joseph, perfect boy, gets called that he came on to Potiphar's wife. Total lie. Put in jail. Can he have peace in jail? Yes. Because he didn't sin against God at all. So see, that's it. Now, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Let me show you how this works with the word of God. Genesis 3, not hard to find. First book in the Bible. Life is about healthy relationships. That have to be consistent and honest. And these healthy relationships are directly related to two things. God and people have relationships. And people and people have relationships. So in Genesis 1 and 2, God is speaking to Adam and Eve, the first two people on the earth. And Adam and Eve are speaking to each other. That's the only relationships we have. And through that relationship, there was some guidelines from God. God said to Adam, basically, and then he told Eve, you can have food from any of the trees except that tree. You can't, don't eat from that tree. So we have a conversation. We have a command from God. Spoke clearly. It'd be like the written word of God. It's there. No question about it. It was clear. Now, when you get to Genesis 3, we're introduced to another voice. And by the way, this voice speaks to Adam and Eve. It's the voice of Satan. And by the way, 
this morning, Satan's still speaking to all of us. Now, look at Genesis 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent, that's Satan, was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Eve, notice what he says to her. Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, remember, Satan is a deceiver. He's very sharp. He was smarter than Eve, even though Eve knew exactly what God had said. So what is Satan trying to do to Eve right there? Tell me. He's trying to get Eve to doubt what? The word of God. Did God say? You can't believe in all the word of God, Pastor Mark. Are you kidding me? No, Jesus said, just live by a few of the words in the Bible. No, this is 100% true. It wasn't even written there. It was the only command that God gave Adam and Eve. If you're doubting the word this morning, you're on a road that's not going to end well. Well, that is not the end. Now watch what happens. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, let me just stop there for a moment. Everybody look at me. Don't get in a conversation with Satan. How stupid that is. He's more deceptive than you'll ever know. So if, if he comes to you and begins to talk to you, and you know what that is. He's telling you to do things. Like that. Just say to him, I'm sorry, you're already defeated. I'm a servant of God. I'm going to heaven. Not interested in listening to your crud. Amen? Good. Now, so the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden. Notice she knows everything. But God did say, hey, you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And she adds something here. You must not even touch it or you will die. Now watch what Satan does in verse 4. Look at it. You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman. So he moves from doubting the word to what? Denying it totally. God never said to you, don't commit adultery. God never said that. Pastor Mark is a different age. Hey. If we doubt and deny the word of God, what are you going to hear? You have no truth. This is how we do life. And that's what we see with secular world. Doubt or simply just deny the word of God. I don't need the word of God. I can do life by myself. No, you can't. The Bible is clear with that. So understand, this shouldn't surprise you because since the Bible tells us Satan's a liar and a deceiver, he can't say the truth. We should catch on to that. And I want you to write this, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. God and Satan have a plan for all of us Christian, non-Christian, not a believer yet, he has a plan for you. Here's Satan's plan. Take a look at it. John 10, 10. The thief, Satan, comes, say the word with me, only, let's finish it, only to steal, kill, and destroy. Only. Satan wants you, he wants to steal your peace. He wants you to kill any chance of going to heaven. By serving him. That's his goal. Pastor Mark, that, is it still his goal? Well, what was his goal in the garden? Same. Same exact thing. That's his goal for you and me today. So you have to understand, we're in a battle. Now, when that happened, understand there's a second plan for you. I love this one. Here it is. Look at God's plan. 
This is God's plan. I have come, Jesus said, that they, you and me, may have life, and let's read the last part, and have it to the full, overflowing. God wants to give you and I a rich, satisfying life with purpose and meaning and the guarantee of heaven. So kill me, destroy me, no chance of going to heaven, or have an abundant life, even through crud and troubles and difficulties, but the guarantee that I'm going to heaven, my sins are forgiven. Now let me ask you a question. Plan A is Satan's plan. Plan B is God's. Which plan would you choose this morning? How many say, Pastor Mark, I'm an A person myself. (laughs) Of course, nobody's going to raise their hand. I'm a simple guy. This is what life's all about right there. There's two kingdoms, God's and Satan's. Everybody's in one or the other. We're all born in the kingdom of Satan. Why? Because Eve and Adam sinned. So you have a choice. What are you going to do with that truth? So just say this word with me this morning. Actually, don't say it to me. Just turn to your neighbor and say, danger. Come on, give him a danger. Danger. I'd like to tell you that the only voices you hear are God and Satan, but it's not true. Let me show you. I'll start with the first one. I'm going to give you three voices. Here it is. Every day we hear lots of voices. Danger. Number one, we hear the voice of Satan. What is Satan saying? Do my will. Don't do yours or God's. I have the best plan for you. Well, we already see that's a lie. Shouldn't surprise us. That's his whole goal. Number two, danger. This might surprise you. If you see number two, you'll see it's expanding past Satan. It's expanding to a place that maybe you don't get. How many know during this last nine months or whatever is with the political stuff. And I forget Republican, Democrat, all that crud. Forget personalities. How many know we learned more and more going? You can't trust half of the news that you hear. How many agree with that? Oh, Pastor Mark, I just live by the news. It's totally true. Okay, we'll put you in a hospital somewhere because <laughs> it, it, it's not true. So how does Satan speak to us here? Through the TV, through radio, Through the internet, do you know that kids now at five and six have a phone? Do you know how Satan can start pornography at five and six on their cell phone? That's right. Never would have. No, we know it's all true. Next, Facebook. I'm sure here everybody believes everything you see on Facebook. (laughs) Right. Twitter, the news. I've talked about the magazines. How about the movies? The movies, most likely, they really promote God and unity. Yeah. When I said TV, I'm not saying get rid of your TV. Just use wisdom. Now, if you're going to get rid of your TV and you have a new 99-inch one, would you just text me? I'll come and get it and I'll watch the football games this afternoon. Don't be stupid. But you should know how to what? Turn it off. Movies and computer games. Isn't it amazing? We watch people getting murdered and we feel so sad. And what are half of the games? <laughs> Do you think that affects your mind? Of course it does. So see, that's, all of those are voices. Now, number three, this is our most dangerous problem. We hear the voice of our own carnal nature. My emotions, 
what I really want to do. God, you don't need to speak to me. I got it together. As a very dangerous one, because I have my old, even though I'm a Christian, I have my old sin nature. It wants to do things that aren't right. So you have to be careful of those voices. Well, Pastor Mark, thank you for speaking to me. I can see that it's really good. But how can I know with all these voices, is it, is it really God? Well, let me show you an illustration. Those of you that like coffee, this has happened to you before. You put a filter in your coffee pot, and somehow there was a hole at the bottom. You didn't see it. And when you drank that first cup of coffee, how did you do with that cup of coffee? There's grounds. How many done? How many been there done that? Exactly. Anybody that drinks coffee has been there done that. Well, what's the purpose of a filter? The purpose of a filter is to be good, and it filters out the bad, the stuff that you don't want to drink. So, when you think about that. If you drink that cup of coffee, what happens with that grounds in your mouth? It's bitter. So you use a filter to remove the stuff that isn't good. You want to drink pure coffee. Do I need to say anything? This is what filters the voices. If it isn't true to the word of God, you got a problem. Filter it out. Now, that coffee with grounds is bitter, nasty. If you remove this from your life, you will have many days of bitter, nasty relations with yourself, with people. It will never go good for you. Is it hard? No, it's not hard. Write this down this morning. It'll make a lot of sense to you. God's written word is the ultimate filter to all the voices speaking to us. Now, I want to stop as quickly as I can. I want to say this to you. If I don't know anything that's in here, how can I filter it? I can't. Do you understand why God gave us pastor teachers? To teach you, to teach me. I'm still learning. What the word of God says, to explain it to you. If you've never been in the Word, or maybe you've been in the Word, would you catch those first five ways God speaks to us today? How long would it be for you to try to figure that out? Forever. Well, there's been so many wise people come that point those out. I've learned them myself through other people, through myself. And so I'm passing that on to you. How about your children? When they leave home, are they prepared to leave home? Do they understand that they can't just live on a job? They have to live on the word of God. And so that's why I'm challenging you. If we're not in the Bible, and if you feed yourself this word by coming here every other week or whatever, I'm really glad you're coming. But my friends, you'll never understand who's speaking to you. And that is your problem. Because it's Satan's goal to do that to you. And you'll see that even more shortly. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I get it. Almost. Do you know this morning, this will shock you, that Satan doesn't mind if you read that Bible every single day. Satan doesn't mind at all if you listen to God all the time. He doesn't really care if you hear God 
Or if you're here every weekend and every morning you have a quiet time. Satan doesn't really care. Let me show you why. How many have a dog that obeys you? How many have a dog that doesn't obey you? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you love me, obey me. Our dog at home, Kimmy, she, her favorite, of course, is my wife, not me. But she obeys me, not my wife. Interesting. This is called an oxymoron. No cat ever obeys anybody. Can I hear an amen? Now, I'm not always against cats, but when I go to Denver, she has a big cat called Irv's. I get up at six in the morning. Nobody else is up. Guess who comes down from downstairs and wants to sit on my lap? So I let her. I'll have a picture. I've shown you once in a while. But that's an oxymoron. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that was really funny. I liked it. I like the dog. I like the cat. You're exactly right. That cat would never obey me. What does that have to do with the Bible? Well, let me show you why Satan doesn't care if you read it. He doesn't care if you listen to it. He didn't care if you hear God's voice. Look at these two statements Jesus makes. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Lord, that word means curios, owner, basically master, the one who controls you. You see, when I became a Christian, when you became a Christian, we turned the control of our life to God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, many times people want to substitute obedience for other things. Notice Jesus didn't say this. If you love me, just read the word of God. That's enough for me. If you love me, hunk your horn for Jesus. If you love me, give me a high five. If you really love me, I'd drop into church sometime. No, he didn't say that. He said, if you love me, then obey, hello, what I command you to obey. Please write this down. It will make very simple sense to you. In the Bible, listening to God assumes it's natural that Obeying God will fit with it. They're directly connected. You can't listen to God and not obey God and get anywhere. You can't say, well, I'm going to obey God. I don't know what he says, but I'll just do what I think he says. If you don't listen to God, you'll never get anywhere. It takes listening and it takes obeying. And what did he tell us right at the beginning? Jesus Man does not live on the physical things alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. I find it remarkable that God can choose to speak through circumstances. It's important to remember, though, that these alternative avenues of hearing from God must line up with Scripture. We have to be sure that we aren't letting our imaginations or our own desires get in the way of knowing and doing what it is God has for us to do. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete this portion of the message, Because God says so, I will obey regardless of my feelings. It's good to be reminded that, first of all, God does have a plan for our lives, and secondly, that He's not hiding that plan from us. There's a reassurance in having that knowledge, that security from God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Because God Says So. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.